so just quick introductions. Um, I'm Jamal, except everybody knows who I am. I'm like the middleman here. So hi guys. Everybody will say a quick introduction. Doesn't matter what it's about. It's your decision. Floor is yours. Everybody take like two minutes. Carlos, you join first. You go first. All right. Um, I'm Carlos. Uh, I was seeing and witnessing what was going on um, on social media, the news, um, and then, you know, bothered me enough that I felt that I needed to kind of talk about it. Um, obviously, we've seen some stuff that's been going on in the news over recent years. And for some reason, this event with uh, the man, George, who was killed, really kind of hit me and hit me hard. Um, it brought up a lot of different things, and I think it opened up a, a lot of topics for other people that felt they needed to discuss uh, certain things. So um, I look forward to talking to you guys about what your views are and uh, what we could do moving forward to make things better. So, Sweet. Brian. Uh, my name's Brian. Um, I kind of got into some arguments with people on Facebook regarding uh, this whole thing. And um, you know, my, my best friend is African-American and it's really hard for him and he's upset and it hurts me because whether you're my friend, family member, whatever, I hate to see anybody else upset. So I was posting things in regards to everything going on and some of my other friends on Facebook looked at it as me being racist and being insensitive. So um, you know, when Jamal had reached out to me and wrote some comments that I thought it would be a good idea to discuss and hear other people's opinions because me being a white male, I don't know what it's like to walk in somebody else's shoes and how they are portrayed. And I, I think knowing that and understanding that from other people would be beneficial. Uh, my name is Chris. Um, yeah, I'm not showing my face because I'm wanted in like six states. So <laughs> I'm, <joking. laughs> um, I'm like, I'm like a troll type of guy. I'm just, I'm obviously an African-American male and I've lived this my whole life and I see all what's going on on Facebook and everything and I just just like to chime in help people think logically or not help them but try to try to get the logical points out and 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 just try to understand how and how everyone thinks and connect ways and try to figure this thing out so we can get things solved so life is better for everyone mm -hmm. awesome all right and me I'm Jamal um, like I said, I'm the middleman between everyone here. I typically don't get involved in conversations. I typically just sit back and kind of wait for other people to say whatever or do whatever. But this is the first time I, I didn't even watch the video. I couldn't even watch it. I was just so frustrated with everything and everything kind of caught me off guard. And like last night I couldn't sleep just posting and getting people's opinions and just seeing what's going on. So I figured it would be good to get everyone together and just discuss everything, whether you agree or disagree or whatever your political, religious, sexual orientation views are. I figured let's get everyone together and let's start discussions. That's gonna be like the first way to kind of get things to, to move forward. Mm -hmm. And that's it. That's all I got. <laughs> okay, so everyone knows why we're talking. Um, George Floyd killed. 
not killed, excuse me, murdered by a white police officer. I don't remember his name. Does anyone know his name? I don't recall. What is Last it? Name, Chavin. Derek Chauvin. Derek Chauvin. Whatever. So another guy killed a guy and people are rioting. The streets are going crazy. There are peaceful protests. There are riots. And everyone has extremely different views on it. I think on the call, we're pretty similar, but still different. So in any order, doesn't matter. Can you guys tell us how you feel about the riots specifically? Um, specifically, um, like I told you earlier, I feel like we've been here before. Um, we got upset and I understand that, you know, people of color are, are tired of these events happening and nothing being changed. Um, but as we've seen in many other cases, you know, Freddie Grave, as we've seen, uh, you know, even back when in the 90s with Amadou Diallo, like we become outraged, we burn down cities, we loot, we, we do all this other stuff because we're angry. And then several days later, nothing gets solved. And then we're back to the same situation. And I understand that people have been peaceful historically and people have called and wanted change. But if we know that peaceful protests aren't effective enough and we know that rioting is not effective enough, what's the next step? You know, you're putting other people's livelihood at risk, burning down buildings, causing chaos, you know, people losing their jobs as a result. And I just feel like the messaging is getting lost in the fact that when I wake up this morning, all that the news is covering are the riots that are going on in this country. We're not remembering that a black man or a man in general, if you're just looking at it from a, decent, a decency standpoint, a man was handcuffed, pinned down and suffocated with a knee in his neck. And the initial reason why the police were even called was because of the fact there was an allegation that he had a forged check. And as a result, he's dead. And we're not talking about his death. We're talking about the millions, the hundreds of thousands of people protesting in the streets, and we're losing sight on why we're angry. Um, I kind of, I kind of uh, slightly disagree with that. Um, the riots did seem to help. Um, the commissioner, quote, I quote him, says, this is by far the fastest we've charged the police officer. Um, so the commissioner knows the riots, they know they had to charge them. So this, they said typically this type of case would take months in order to charge a police officer. That was mm -hmm. done within days. So the riots actually, actually did have, a, have an effect on how fast he was charged. So that things are being seen. And while it is a bad and it's unfortunate, it has to go that far. But nothing good comes out of peaceful any major change always there always had to be an uprising there always had to be some type of malicious activity in order to get a change and that's kind of showing right now so that's my take on the riots brian um i i agree more with carlos i see where chris is coming from because i understand this is the fastest they've ever charged a, charged a police officer um obviously four days is crazy fast because like you said it usually does take months um but i look at it as i don't feel that riots are going to help 
Um, I think they are taking away from the main focus or taking away from the fact that an innocent person was murdered without cause. Um, so I think that's my biggest issue is that if they weren't rioting, it wouldn't escalate to that. I mean, Minneapolis is different than every other city right now because that's where it happened. But right now in Philly, I'm watching the news on my TV right now and they're burning cop cars. And um, my friend owns a store down there. Her store was just vandalized and all her stuff taken. Um, my one friend is trapped in her apartment, can't come home because transportation isn't running. Um, so I know people that are living down there that can't go anywhere or do anything because of how crazy it is. Um, I have an aunt and uncle that own a donut shop and I know that if that was to get ruined to them, that's their livelihood. So I feel like burning Starbucks targets and things like that isn't beneficial. I think it's only going to hurt the actual city Real itself. Quick. Oh, sorry. Uh, can I ask a question to that? Um, you're, so you're 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 banking your 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 dis dislike for the riots and everything on other people's comforts. So your friends can't get home, their stores are burned down. All these are, are materialistic things, but people's lives are being lost, and that's the biggest picture. So you're set, you're upset because people can't get to work. I'm upset because people like me die every day. So while you're worried about materialistic things, I'm worried about my life because I can get arrested and killed that scene just as quickly. So if we don't cause a ruckus and we don't get things changed just because you care that your friend can get home on public transportation, I would rather live than your friend get home in two days. I don't know if that's a, a so like that's where I'm seeing like there's a disconnect and that's where a lot of, of disconnect between the white and black community is because you guys don't see that for us. You're, you're worried about your friends getting home in your, your friend's store, your aunt's store. And we're worried about our lives. Well, I see where you're coming from with that. But I mean, my one friend is, is, is African-American. So her being trapped in an apartment, it, it shouldn't matter if she's white or black. I mean, I don't look at someone as color. I look at them as a person. So if I'm looking at it, I think every life matters. So I don't want your life to be less valuable than mine because it's not. I mean, you're still a person, but I don't think that burning down someone else's building or business is gonna help the situation. And that's the only thing is I've seen these protests happen other years when other things have happened and it, nothing has changed. So why are we gonna continue to keep hurting our own community when it's not changing? I mean, they need to be a part of the solution and come together and do talks like this and go to places. And I don't think everyone is doing that. I think people that are rioting right now are doing it that don't even care about the problem. They're stuck in their house and they want to get out. Not everybody, but some of them I think are just causing chaos for no reason. So to go with, to go, I'm in the middle. I'm extremely impartial here on this topic. Um, and I'm not going to, I'll go into details later, but I feel like I understand where you're coming from, but all major revolutions come with some type of something drastic. Like the U S was found on something extremely drastic. If you want to think about it, there were riots and the only way like the, the black movement, civil rights movement, it was, it got extremely drastic. There were riots and, you know, things just blew up. So, and 
peaceful protests really haven't worked. How many people have been murdered that we've seen on social media and there are protests and the cop is back at work the next day? He's, he's taken off, you know, he's on leave, still getting paid, chilling at home. Peaceful doesn't work. In many regards, peaceful doesn't work. Now, I'm not saying we need to go and burn down the country because we still need a place to live, yep. but peaceful doesn't work. Something drastic has to happen. So now I'm not saying go and burn down buildings, but come and tell me what we can do that's going to get a cop convicted in, or not convicted, arrested in four days. If you can have some type of realistic solution as to what we can do right now, then I'm all for it. But until people who are complaining about things being burned down, until you can tell us how we can see results, how we can not be scared for our lives, how our families don't have to worry about us going outside, then you'll have more of my attention. And that's not directed to you. I'm just saying in general, a lot of people are really complaining about the materialistic things, the materialistic things. Well, why? Like people are dying. Like your materials are more important than someone else's life. If it was your father who was killed, would you care more than about materialistic things than the riots that's happening? If it was your sister, if your sister was raped, would you care more about the riots um, or the, your sister being raped? Would you care about, you know, getting out there and saying like, this needs to stop? Mm -hmm. So it's, 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 a, I feel like it's a double-edged sword. There's no, you, you need the drastic to push the agenda, which is lives, right now black lives matter, just as much as white lives, just as much as yellow lives. Chris, you were about to say something. No, I wasn't, well, not necessarily. Like my thing is they're not necessarily burning down neighborhoods. And let's be all be honest. Like we all have to look True. at this at, at a, a logical standpoint in a sense of the economy was done already anyway. Half of those businesses were going bankrupt regardless. The only major businesses that were affected were Target and AutoZone, which are big corporate companies. They're not going into houses, looting houses. They're not breaking anything like that, right? So in a logical standpoint, you're, you're angry at them breaking into almost bankrupt businesses anyway. COVID just destroyed half of those businesses anyway. So are you really mad that they're hurting businesses? Because actually they're going to get insurance money for those businesses, if you think right. about it. So are you well, really I, mad that they're destroying property? Or are you mad about something else? Well, let me um, jump in for a second. That's a good question. Um, my personal frustration about the riots is more, it, lend, it doesn't lend itself to answering bigger questions, right? When I'm concerned about, when I say livelihood, I mean that those places that are being burned down, that's a person's way of living in terms of employees and stuff like that the cashiers the the stuff like that so when there's no place for people to be working where they may rely on that industry for income yeah the people at the top are going to be fine they're going to collect on their insurance and that's okay but what about the worker bees and the people who have to feed their families is what concerns me i'm also concerned about another issue relating to these riots and it's how the perspective of um, African-Americans, and it's not just African-Americans or black people um, rioting, but the idea that, you know, there's a perception, not by everybody, but by some, that we as black people, we as people of color are uncivilized, are animals, you know, X, Y, and Z. I'm not saying it's everyone, 
But then when you, we go out and we're doing these things as a result of a terrible situation where a man died, we're fulfilling some sort of prophecy where if they believe we're one kind of way and we start acting that way, then some people can point and say, oh, look, look at what you see. This is what I'm talking about. I, have, I, you know, I live in Bridgeport, Connecticut right now, and I get a news report that they had to call all the police in the city to the police station, call state troopers to the city to the police station because rioters breached the police station. And what I think about is, so all the resources that are being pulled from neighboring towns when there's an actual real crime that's going on, like we talked about rape or potential murder or something like that, or someone gets into a car accident where they need that those services from the police and other people. Same thing like with firefighters. If my house is on fire right now and half of downtown Bridgeport is on fire, I'm going to lose my house. My neighbors could lose their house. So I think, yes, there has to be drastic changes in order and, and, and there has to be a loud enough, like, wake up moment, right? But I don't think that rioting is going to lend itself to a bigger solution. I think accountability needs to be more a focal point of what we're doing because we're jumping for joy that a cop was, wow, arrested within four days and charged with murder. But the bigger issue is, is that even if he's charged, even if he gets convicted, how do we solve the bigger issue of accountability? We've seen this happen so many times, you know, and like I told, like I told Jared earlier, there is a very big fear factor that I have about being a person of color and being caught up in certain situations. You know, the anxiety that I get when I got pulled over, when I got pulled over before is huge. You know, I faced a lot of moments where I felt like my life was not as valuable as others, you know? Um, but in order for us to change, in order for us to, I think, have change, we need to put people into place and hold those individuals accountable. And if we don't hold people accountable, I think everyone agrees that this is an issue. But if the people that are um, causing these problems and the same systems are in place, we're going to be seeing this in another month, sadly to say. And unfortunately, in a couple of days, when everything kind of settles down and the new news cycle is going on, this is not even going to be a topic amongst most people. And at the end of the day, that man's family is still going to suffer with the loss of this happening and accepting the fact that nothing valuable is going to change or occur. And that's what I, that's what I feel like is getting lost in this writing. We're, 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 I'm looking at the TV now and buses are burning and all sorts of stuff. We're not, no one is talking about um, Georgia, you know, uh, this man who died. We're talking about, oh my God, New York City is in, is in chaos. You know, it's, it's, it's sad. It's really, it really breaks my heart, you know? And what do we do? What do you guys think? I, I, um, I kind of the the fact that you 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 said we're labeled as savages that's that's kind of pushing the narrative in a sense of um I feel like these riots are less savage than than storming the capitol with actual weapons. Mm -hmm. I agree. Oh, I'm sorry. So the fact that happened, you can label us as savages recently. and you allow that to just be okay, you never labeled them as savages, you never labeled them as animals is promoting the narrative that everyone wants to hear. That's number 1 and number 2 um yeah, in order to get that, I agree 100% with you have to have a message. You have to have an end goal, end result, and to get change. But you have to be heard first. If you're not heard, you can't, no one cares about what you're saying, right? And then mm -hmm. you said, um, 
you, you have to get these people who are in higher ups out of office. Statistically speaking, we cannot because ma white majority votes these people in. So statistically speaking, we make up 13% of this population. We're not enough, and these are local governments. We're not enough in each space in order to vote people out. So we don't have that option. So speaking on statistical standpoint, how do you expect us to do that if we don't even make up enough of the population to vote anyone out? Well, one thing that's good. Um, one thing I just wanted to clear up, like I'm, I'm personally not labeling us as savages. What I'm saying is, is that there's a perspective amongst certain people that believe black and brown people are animals. Oh no, I, I get that. And, and, and what I'm saying is, is that for us, we, we can't control necessarily what other people do or how other people view us or how other people treat us. We can demand, in my opinion, that we be treated equally and respectfully as anybody else. I think that that's the American way. That's the way that America should be. And, and unfortunately, we don't have equality in this country, whether it's black people, whether it's men versus women, whether it's, you know, whatever religious practices, we're not treated equally. We're, there's always a different standard for other people. And I think that's a problem. Um, but what I, what I wanted to get at was, is that when we are, when there is a perspective that we are something, and I'm not saying that people rioting, I think that's savagery. I think that's barbaric. And I think as a civilized, as a civilized people, we shouldn't be, no one should be doing that. But people are not call, and I agree with you, people are not calling people who are storming capital savages. We are, we're, we're called savages. And I think that we, we can't contribute to the narrative because we, people are not going to respect us. We have no, in, in a sense, some people are going to look at it as we don't have credibility because, hey, look, look at what you're doing. Look at what your people are doing, you know? And on, like you said, 13% of the population, that's not a whole hell of a lot. But you know what? We do have the right to vote. And unfortunately, you know, a lot of people, like I was telling Jared, a lot of people don't vote on the issues. They vote either because of uh, their political affiliations. And I mean, even Charlemagne the God said that, you know, people take advantage of the black vote. You know, you got these people going on campaign and, 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 and looking for elections and stuff to get everyone's vote. And then for, you know, once they're in, it's like, all right, we'll see you later. Four years later, nothing gets done. And then it's like, oh, I'm going to sell you a hope and dream. And then four years later, and, and it's again and it's again. We got to vote on the issues. And we got to lean on people like, for instance, um, Brian, you know, who may perhaps have a, more, a better voice and a more influence on certain circumstances to rally together as well so that our voice can be heard. But we're not quite there yet. And I just think that if, um, to my last point about, um, protesting and stuff because I know that you know people feel very strongly about it. My cousin says, you know, f the police and you know riot away. Um, the B two movement, for instance, what women have been going through in this country as well, and it's not the same. Uh, you know, every situation is different. I'm using it as an example. Women have been treated like crap their entire the, the, throughout our entire history of the world. You know, women don't get paid as much as men. Women are subjected to a lot of cruel and unusual things, sexual assaults that they don't feel that they can be talking about because of the fact that it's either they know, they're not believed or nothing is being done or nothing will be done. And they marched, they rallied. This is an issue that was going on. And it brought a number of awareness to this country where actual people of power who had historically been doing certain things over the years have actually been held accountable. 
And they not once rioted, looted, set buildings on fire. And people like Roger Ailes at Fox was out. Bill O'Reilly was out. All these things started happening. And it happened with a large enough protest and a, and a moment when people said, enough. Do we still have work to do? Yeah, but I think, I think women's rights, where they are now versus where they were 20 years ago, is a little bit better. And that's thanks to movements such as the Me Too one. That's just my thought, but I don't know. You can, you can do it. But, but you have to, you, you, you kind of got to compare apples to apples. Who was, who was heading the Me Too movement? It was as bad as, it, like, not to get racial, it was headed by uh, white women who actually did, uh, for the past hundreds of years, were actually better off than black men and true. way better off than black women. So if they're not going to be willing to fight, who's going to lead our movement? Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. There's no outlets. So if there's no outlets, you have to find an outlet. And that's, it, as, as a black man growing up, that's always been the option. There's never an option. There's never usually outlets. And you always have to find your own outlet. You always have to figure a way out around it. There's never, mm-hmm. oh, this is straight handed to you. Oh, it's this easy. It's this. Uh, no, there's always obstacles. And, and with those obstacles, you learn to figure out how to be heard. You learn to figure out how to get things done. You learn how how to progress in your, your own way. And, and as, far as, as far as people's narrative against us, we're savages no matter what. Ever since Birth of a Nation, we've been savages. Mm-hmm. When that movie was released, we've been savages regardless. No one, that's never, that narrative is gonna be super hard to shake because it's instilled in the older generation which is running the country right now, right? Mm-hmm. So, so with that being said, it's, you can conform, but that's, that's our every day. That's a privilege, we, or that's not a privilege, that's a fight that we have to do. You have to conform to other people's thoughts of you. And since when is that correct the way? So I can't, I can't act, lash out how I, I feel I should lash out because of, I want the white person to think I should be acting a certain way. I should act how they think I should act. And that's, that's, a, that's not how it should be. Like I get it, I, 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 I'm not gonna say I agree with the riots and I agree with looting and anything like that. What I'm saying is I understand it in the sense of there's no other outlets. There's literally no other outlets, right? And, and, and you can't, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I don't, I'm not a conformist. I'm not going to conform just because uh, uh, white America thinks I should act that way. I, I, I do what I want to do, right? And that's what America is about, doing what you want to do, believing what you want to believe, acting how you want to act, as long as it doesn't impede on other people's freedoms. And granted, this is impeding on certain other people's freedoms, but there's, it, there's like certain exceptions to a rule, I feel like. Not exceptions, but there's, it, it happens. It happens that police impede on, Civil, uh, civilians' rights and everything. So, like, lines are crossed, but in general, I'm speaking, like, with, you just, you're supposed to be able to be yourself. You're supposed to be able to lash out at things that you feel aren't right. And, and when you're not heard, it, it's, at, it's been year, like hundreds of years of not being heard. Mm-hmm. And now that we have a voice and we all can connect over social media and we can group and band together, it, it, I guess it's more frightening to people, but like back in the day, this didn't happen. Like you couldn't connect with people that fast. You couldn't say, all right, we're going to rally over here. We're going to rally over. Like it took time. And, and, and now that's why it seems a lot worse, I think, because we're all connected and it's all happening at once. But for, for that, like, I just don't agree with conforming to people just because, just so they can say, okay, we, we can agree with you now. Uh, we, they're, they're, these are the good ones. They, they, they think like us. And I don't think like you. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think there should be a I think like you type 
thought. I feel like everyone should be able to think their own way. I mean, me personally, I'm Native American. So Native Americans were treated terribly. I mean, my ancestors were murdered and killed and the land was taken from them way before. And my grandfather, his family suffered a lot from that. My grandfather was brown growing up and my grandmother came here from England and they treated him terribly because of him being brown. Um, part of my family is tan, part of us are white. It just is what it is. But he was always having difficulty going into stores and such like that. And I realized that as a kid going with him places and it was concerning to me that because my grandfather was a different skin color than me, that he would be looked at a different way. And I don't think anyone should be looked at anyway because of the color of our skin. But unfortunately, I feel that there is no change that is gonna be made until, like Carlos said, you get the people at the top out because there's always gonna be somebody racist. There's always gonna be a white person racist against a black person. There's always gonna be a black person racist against white person, Mexican against Puerto Rican, Asian versus Chinese because people are ignorant and they don't care about other people. And if we could change every, everybody's mind, I, w I wish we could, because if I saw someone talking to my friend the way that I see them talking to some of these people on the news, I would be sticking up for him because it doesn't matter the color of his skin. He's my friend. And that, that shouldn't matter just because they're a different color than you and you talk to them the way they are. But you can't, everyone has their right to freedom of speech and their own thought. And we have a lot of ignorant people in a lot of states that still think that it's okay to hate on somebody because they don't act or look like you. But there's plenty of white people that act like trash. There's plenty of black people that act like trash. There's plenty of white and black people that act like the way they're supposed to act. They act like normal citizens and they go to work and they do what they're supposed to do, contribute to society. So I think there's always, no matter what race, Mexican, Asian, Chinese, black, white, there's always certain people out of each race and and ethnicity I can't say that word um, that isn't it's a tongue twister um, they're not they're not right I mean I don't think that I don't think that that's going to change unfortunately I think we have to be the change and start the conversations like you said with all mixes and all races of everyone to move forward and get the people out that are I mean Look at our president of the United States. If, if some of you like Trump, I apologize. Um, but he spews hate all the time. He doesn't stick up for any anybody else other than white. I mean, all he cares about is white America. And that's a problem. That's why we have a lot of these issues is when we have someone like that running our country that doesn't give a shit. And I mean, that's my personal opinion. Not everyone feels that way. Um, but I, I just don't think that it's going to change until I think Chris said, you know, you have to get the local government first and you have to get people out voting and you have to move from the local to the top. And that, that's the only that's the only way, because how many times have we had riots? And like Carlos said, three, four days later, it's not talked about. It's, it's gone. And then it happens again three months later. And then five days later, it's gone. So it, it keeps falling on deaf ears and the people that control our country aren't doing shit about it. So I don't really know the answer. And that's why I like hearing what you guys have to say what you think the answer is, because I don't know what the answer is, because we still have people that think it's all right to 
act this way. And um, like you also said, Chris, the people with the guns at the Capitol, I think that's even worse. I don't, I, I think that's threatening to be going to any type of place with a AR-17, AK-47, whatever, and standing there. Yeah, they're not burning stuff, but they're threatening others because they have a weapon in their hand. So I think that's just as bad as the rioting. I, I think both of them are, are unacceptable. And, you know, I, I, I agree with both of you on, on different aspects, I guess. Yeah, I think it's a, I, I really think it's a systematically things need to change. I mean, <clears throat> I was just telling someone earlier the other day that, you know, when we were doing this whole impeachment stuff that was going on, when I heard a person that was a member of the House of Representatives say that this is their third impeachment hearing that they're sitting in, I'm like, so we have people who's been in Washington since Nixon back in the 60s. And part of the problem is, is that you have the same people in place doing the exact same thing and not doing anything for us, you know? Um, and I mean, it's, it's scary. Like I had a friend that asked, you know, was worried about what she going to do as a single parent raising a son. And is this the world that she wants to put him in? You know, I like to think that we, we, we have made strides in our, in our history and that opportunities are better, but it almost seems like sometimes things are getting worse. And, you know, and I think that consistency in our outrage is another thing that we need to do. We have to be angry and we have to keep things to the forefront and we have to demand change and we have to do things um, that are going to make the people who make the decisions that we put in office change. Look at what happens with these mass shootings. These mass shootings happen, you know, we grieve for two weeks. Nothing has changed about gun control. Nothing has changed about safety. And we wait until the next year or two. I actually had to do a, for the first time, and when we were going to school, all we did was fire drills. And now I have to talk in the beginning of the class, what do I do if there's an armed shooter in my school? And nothing's changed. It's just, we don't talk about it anymore because it hasn't been a mass shooting. And yet, just like this man, who, whose parents, I mean, whose family is going to continue grieving this, this loss while we move on with our lives, enough is enough. And, it, you know, if we're going to talk about the issues, um, which I think is good between people like us, um, we have to stay on message and we have to stay consistent. And I agree with you, Chris. I don't think that anyone should conform to um, any sort of way in which people want us to act. I, I do whatever I want to do. You know, but I also do think that there is an awareness that we have to have is that if we're doing things, if we're if we're expecting people to respect us, right? And we're calling for demands for respect. We also have to be accountable for our behaviors and our actions as well within our own community. You know, because we can't change what people are gonna think about us, but at the same time, we should not be giving reason for people to actually say, hey. Look at that, because that fuels that fuels another issue that goes on, which is why. Well, why would we have to respect people when they don't even respect themselves? You know, and I, I think that that just it bothers me that yeah, we we should never have to act a certain kind of way, and yeah, perhaps we will still be continued considered to be savages and animals, even if we do everything right. You know, but we should be doing everything right. We should be better than what these people do to us and it's not everybody it's not every white person is racist or every white 
cop or every cop in general wants to kill black people. But I think when we have these moments and we know it's a systemic situation, we have to stay on message and we have to consistently stay outraged. Yeah, I, 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 I kind of, I agree with that. I think our issue is a uh, lack of leadership in a sense. So like people love to bring up like Martin Luther King and Malcolm X, but they were actually true leaders. People were following them. We don't have one of those number like, there's no one to look to. You can't, you can't say one person, like we follow this person. They are, have our values in mind and this is what we want. So the lack of that, I mean, gives like, that's why everyone's all running all around, not knowing. Um, I really, I'm really for policing the police. I honestly think there should be a group of anonymous people of all races and they just police the police, let them get traffic stopped and they grade the cops and, and random view. So the cop doesn't know who's, one of these people put out there if they pulled over and beat and whatever and they follow and the cop is immediately out there like you have somebody who they have to report to now so now there's a whole bunch of random people they have to conduct everything the same i feel like stuff like that needs to be implemented but the only way you can get it implemented as at our level is you have to get noticed by everyone knows by hitting the pockets like that's what the looting is about and all of that is so when you hit these higher ups all they care about is money let's let's be honest after a certain level they really don't care yep. who's black. They, they just want their money. And that's mm -hmm. what this is about. So like, they don't care that, that black people are being harmed at a higher rate. They just, they just see it, all right, at that point, it's just lower class, whoever. We don't care. Again, Carlos, I, it's, I, I definitely see your point and I agree mm -hmm. with a, a lot of it. I, I just, I'm more, um, I, 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 and like, I, I get what you're saying like about like, we have to be better. We we have to like kind of get them on our side. It's just me personally. I I I've always been like how I talk and just how I am. People would think I'm like one like like a I guess a thug, quote unquote, for a lack of better words or anything. But like I'm like an college educated, like all of that that whole nine. And I just I just talk normal. And like even in business meetings, everyone's like, oh, you don't like that's how you talk. And I'm like, yeah, like I shouldn't. I, I shouldn't feel uncomfortable not being myself, even though I go to work every day feeling uncomfortable because like I'm the only black person in there. But it's mm. just like, like I just I'm like I'm gonna talk how I normally talk, and I I really it bothers me that I have to like that I'm expected to change. I don't want to be expected to change. That's that's my thing, right? So like that that's my whole take on it, and 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 like I I 100% get where you're coming from, mm. that whole aspect, and and trust me, I, we all have to do it. Obviously, like. I probably wouldn't have a job if I didn't do it like for the interview. And then once they got me in, I was like, surprise, motherfucker. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, nah, I definitely get it though. That's, that's all in all. Let me ask you guys a question more so. And I, and I appreciate Chris, what you said. And I think we're on the same page. We're getting there. Um, but for you, Brian, um, a lot of my friends that are white, um, have reached out to me, um, you know, and they wanted to get my take because they think like some people, um, some individuals don't have a, like a collective group of people, you know, like I hang out with everybody. I got white friends, Hispanic friends, black friends, white, you know, you name it. Um, and I know some people don't do that. And one of the things that they were concerned about is this like, this guilt, you know, they feel bad and they feel guilty, but there's also like, they, a, a different level of fear because like, for instance, one of my friends, she works as a, she works in the ER and she's white 
And uh, I think she had made a comment that was not rooted in anything that was, could be really construed as racist. But all she said was for her personally, she does not see color because she wasn't raised that way. And the person she was talking to happened to be black. And the, her colleague had said, well, then you're part of the problem. And I get where she was coming from when she explained it to me because I was raised that way. We weren't, we weren't raised to judge people based off of how they look. We were based to judge people on how they treat you, how they conduct themselves. If they're a good person, if they're a bad person. Uh-huh. And I know that's not common in a lot of people, in everyone's household, but I wanted to ask you, Brian, do you, do you feel that there's some sort of level of guilt um, that people have that are white about circumstances like this or every time something happens like this? Like, what, what are your thoughts? What are you guys' thoughts? I, I mean, I think so. I mean, um, like I said earlier, my best friend, he's black, and I've been best friends with him since kindergarten. And um, it was really weird growing up, going to his house with a single mother and how they live versus my, my mom's a single mother as well. Um, mm. But it was different going between houses and understanding how each of us live differently. But I never judged him or thought that he was any different than me because of that circumstance. But when he talks to me about it, I feel guilt in the sense of I feel like there's nothing I can do because I'm an average guy. I work at an insurance company, average life, average house. You know, I I don't do anything crazy. I don't do anything fancy. Um, So it's hard for me because I don't know what step I can take to help. But his aspect is right now I talked to him last night. And he said he's all for change and he's all for everything, but he isn't for the the rioting and everything. And he said that he works in Philly and he's a GM of a Taco Bell. And he said the black on black crime that he sees on a day-to-day basis of arguing and fighting. And he said it, it, it tears him apart that he's trying to not be that way and wants everyone to be accepted equally. And he sees a lot of black on black crime and white on black crime and vice versa. And he said it it bothers him working in the city, seeing that on a day-to-day basis. So I definitely feel guilt because I don't think there's anything I can do. And I don't know how it is walking in those shoes. Um, I've been in the car with him several times when we've been stopped. Um, And I can say that because I was in the car, I felt that he was maybe treated differently. Um, and at least two occasions. Uh, one occasion, I felt that I was looked at as a criminal. And granted, he had three warrants. So for stuff that he did as far as speeding tickets, not nothing. You know, <laughs> yeah. like that. I was about to say, what? Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, who are you rolling with? So I get why the cop, you know, he didn't disrespect him. He did kind of give him an attitude because he was like, you know, you didn't pay these speeding tickets. You, you had two in Philadelphia. You had two in Upper Moreland, whatever the case may be. He didn't pay any of them. So in, in my aspect, I get why it was an issue. But the, the officer also treated me as I did something wrong because I'm riding with my friend. And I felt like that is wrong because, again, I don't think you should be looking at someone based on – their skin color in 2020. Um, I mean, we've we've evolved from them. Martin Luther King Jr., like Chris was saying, paved the the way to 
not be segregated based on the color of your skin. I just, it amazes me that in 2020, we're still having that issue. And it's not as bad as it was before, but it still exists. And it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough for me. Cause I, I like I said, I, I don't know what I can do to help other than share. And everyone is telling me, you know, share your outrage on social media. Well, that social media only gets to 500 people or four. I don't, I might only have 300 friends. I don't even know. So mm-hmm. it's go across a platform that the whole world sees. So it's, it's just difficult unless you're in a position of government official or, you know, an actor or entertainer who can voice on their shows, TV shows, concerts, and voice their opinions. Um, it's hard to know what the next step is for, you know, all of us to do. Mm-hmm. So I want to jump in real quick because you actually brought up a good point and it just hit me. So you know how most of us, we have a decent amount of friends on Facebook, 200, 300, maybe a thousand. So with the Facebook algorithm, maybe a hundred people see your post, maybe 50, you know, so it's not that many, but you know what everybody has seen? Those protests, you know what everybody has seen? Those riots. So um, just to put things in perspective, I'm sorry to go back here, but I mean, we, the riots are given a voice to people who don't have a voice. If everyone took the social media and said whatever, it'd fall on deaf ears like it has always done. And once again, I'm not pro-riot. I actually don't like them. I'm not a fan. You know, it kind of bothers me. Wife and kids, I'm like a simple guy. I don't like to see mayhem. That's just me. But otherwise, I was the guy was going to um, be killed. Floyd was going to be killed. We're going to care for two days. We're going to care for two weeks. And then it's over. Like, how else are we supposed to make our mark? How else are we supposed to get people to understand what we're going through? You know, how else are we supposed to get people to just listen? Just listen. Like, it's, it's so hard to get someone who has a different opinion to just listen. Like, I had to, when we were talking on Facebook, I had to make sure I put in every post, you know, open conversation. Like, no one's attacking anyone. Like, let's talk. If you have a problem, talk to me. Mm-hmm. You know, don't come ready to fight. Let, let's talk. Let's figure out what's going on. And I feel like I'm one person. And like I said, my post maybe hit 50 people. Maybe. So that's only 50 people that I can possibly understand where they're coming from. Hear it, have my mind changed or change their minds. What about the other millions of people, you know, in, in the city, in Jersey, in Florida? What about them? You know, how are we going to get them to, how, how are their voices going to be heard? And you, you know? saw how they reacted to my post, some of the yeah. people on there that you combated with. I mean, if you can't change a friend or relative's mind to be in a certain zone, it's so hard to do it going forward. But my issue is if we say, okay, the riots are okay today. So if we have a riot every week for the next 10 years, what are we going to have left? If, if they keep burning cars and buildings, like we have to find another way because if, if the top doesn't change it in five years and we still continue the riots because nothing changes, we're, we're not, I mean, they're going to run out of stuff to, to riot. So it's just hard to understand how long we can do it. Cause like you said, after four days, everything will calm down again. Then something else will happen and it'll go. But what Carlos said, which I think was very important is we need to hold, 
the officers and anybody that is racial, mm -hmm. racially profiling someone or murdering someone without cause, we need to hold them accountable. So mm -hmm. if you're doing anything racially profiling to anybody that, that you just need to be account accountable, whether it's in jail or whether it's fined or whatever the case may be, I mean, murdering someone is obviously a different story. You deserve to rot. Um, and I would say not even racially. If you're out there, if you're a person with power and you're out there killing people, no matter right. what their race is, that's mm -hmm. that's wrong. Right. Period. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So not even worried about a racial profile. Just if you're an asshole, excuse, you know, if you're just not, a, if you weren't meant to be a cop, you should be held accountable. Because all you these people are doing. Job. Right. You shouldn't exactly. have your job if you're going to be that way. Like I... My cousin just became a police officer. She's in Kensington right now. She's actually down in all this mess. Um, she's 24 years old, and she became a cop because she wants to make a difference. And she is skin like skinny, small. Never thought she'd. I would never think she'd be a cop, but she did it because she wants to make a difference and promote change. And if we had more people doing that instead of doing it for the power aspect, it would be a much better place but unfortunately a lot of people do it because they have the power in the badge and they're not doing it to help people or make a difference and i think that's a huge problem and i think and i know and i agree and i agree with you guys like for instance like yeah all the people that we have on social media or all the ways we connect i think some of the problems too is that people don't when it's not something that affects them they don't they don't really put too much stock into it. You know, they're, they're, I'm not saying this is everybody, but I'm just saying like, you know, they don't care. It's not my problem, you know, when uh, you hear shootings and stuff that you can't relate to, you know, and, and like mass shootings and, and killings and stuff. Well, it didn't happen in my school or it didn't happen in my neighborhood. So you kind of just listen to it, oh, it's sad, and then you move forward. You know, so I think, I think account accountability has to be the thing, and I think, the thing is, is that people I feel are very uncomfortable talking about these issues. I think people um, would rather just sweep it under the rug at times. And, you know, I, and I think communication is key. I think what we're doing is key. I mean, I was just telling Jamal yes, uh, today, I had posted something that addressed the riots. I posted something that addressed the killing of this man. I posted what I thought we need to do. And I, and I was strong about accountability with these cops. I thought that it was disgusting that not only was this officer doing what he was doing, but there were other officers that were there who stood back and let it happen, who should also be held accountable and get the same sentence and the same penalty. Um, we have to do more. And I, I, I always want to highlight, too, that we do know that there are good cops. And I, I really want to believe in the philosophy that Cops don't get into this because they're trying to kill people. I really do think, I have a few friends that are cops. They've been fantastic. My grandfather used to be one. He never killed anybody in the 33 years he worked, you know? And it makes me interested, like I was telling someone about my career in working in psych. The first psych hospital that I worked at, not only did we not have security, we were the security. Um, we didn't have weapons, we didn't have, we didn't have anything. What you see is what we did. And there were times I had to restrain people, bring them to the ground, all this other jazz. And not once in those 10 years did anyone die. So is it a training issue? Is it an issue where 
they just don't care because people have been getting away with it. So it's like, whatever. I mean, that's some of the major points I think we need to look at. And, you know, and again, I posted something talking about this stuff and I'm getting accosted by people that look like me because their argument was because, well, they don't agree with what I'm saying. I'm acting as a shield or I, you know, I'm giving a pass to certain things or, you know, it's funny that I'm energetic about the riots, but I'm not energetic about this stuff. And it's like, if you disagree with me with what I'm saying, that's fine. But don't sit here for a second and think because I don't agree with you that I'm acting as a shield for white people to kill black people. I said, give me a break. And I've never been disrespected like that in my life. But I did remind this individual, though, about certain circumstances I had. For example, when I was in high school and the targeting that I received because I was dating a white woman. And it wasn't just from my peers. I was getting targeted by teachers and deans. I was getting detention because I was walking too close to my girlfriend. And those stuff bother me. Same way that I was, my girlfriend at the time was asked while we were in the car by the peer whether or not she was being held against her will because she was white and I was black, you know? So it's, there's a lot of stuff that I think goes on and it's a systemic issue. I think we don't talk enough about it. We don't consistently do anything about it. And then we're looked at in terms of people who demand change like this, the messaging gets lost because we're angry. And I do believe there is a, there is a necessary, um, there, there are circumstances where it is necessary to cause chaos in order to demand change. But I don't always want that to be the solution because, again, it gets lost. And I feel, I feel terrible for this man. Um, and I think, like I told Jared, what really just really hit me was when this, this guy was pleading for his mom while he was dying. And, I've, you know, we've seen these circumstances before. And sometimes people grow numb for it. Sometimes it enrages us even more. There was something about that, that video that literally said I had to speak up about it. And for people to attack me because they don't agree with me, it, it hurts, to be honest with you. Because if anyone knows me, I went to high school with Jared. If anyone knows me, they know I'm a fair, decent person and I like to be objective about things. And I have feelings about certain things that may not, people may not agree with, you know, and I've been criticized for it, but I've never been attacked like that. And it bothered me. And I, you know, I said, okay, block, goodbye. You're, you're not someone I can talk to, you know? And that's people doing it. That's people that look like you and me doing it to me. Like, I'm the problem. I'm angry about this. I'm pissed. Because I said to my mom, I said, that could have been me. That could have been Jared. That could have been you. And she still worries about me walking out the house. What's going to happen? Is she going to get that phone call? But if we're not going to have a fair discussion, like we are, I think this discussion is good. What do we got? I think you don't have the same problems. I think there didn't disconnect. And again, I don't know. This is just me as an outsider and knowing people how they reacted to other people who who kind of have objective opinions like you. Is that uh, their issue? I think is more so that you have certain groups of people when you come out and you say something objective, right? People of the other side will cling on to what you say and say, "See, he said it, so it must be true." Everything mm -hmm. you say is invalid. And at that point, you, de you, 
everyone else is invalid because one person said it. And I, I see a lot of people using Candace Owens uh, earlier today, Jamal. I don't know if you read the comment. Yep. But people I, use I Candace it. Owens, right? And she, mm -hmm. everyone knows she has very conservative review, uh, views oh, yeah. on life, right? Yeah. And the right use her as a weapon, as, as Candace Owens believes completely opposite with 90 other, 90% 90 of the other people believe. So we're going to go with what she says. And it doesn't matter what anyone else says. So I think they would rather you just not say anything at that point because people can use you, they can weaponize what you say in, in a sense. And I don't necessarily agree with it because I think people, they're going to find something to weaponize regardless. And I actually rather the objective opinions, but I think that's, that's where the disconnect lies. And, it, and like to circle back around to what, like what your friend asked when she said, uh, I don't see color and the, the African-American woman got mad. I think that's an issue because let's be all, if we're all speaking honestly, we all do see color immediately. There's no, there's no way not to see color. When you meet someone, you just, you see color. And, and as bad as it sounds, we all have subconscious uh, views on how that person is just by how they look, by, just by perception, because that's just by nature, that's what humans do. We, we take, right. That's what our brain is meant to do. We take small bits of information and come up with a story as quickly as possible. So when you see a white person who looks a certain way, if I see a white person with a red hat on, a red trucker hat on, in a, a pickup truck, I immediately think, oh, he may be racist. And as bad as it may sound, that's just our natural, that's how we're programmed. So when right. someone says, I don't see race, that's kind of like a slap in the face. And I, I, I don't, it doesn't bother me, but I could see where people get mad because they're like, you do see race and you do make, pre, like you make a prejudgment immediately when you see me and then you decide after that. And some people, some people may not make as harsh a decision so, so as Brian has a, as an African-American best friend, he may see a black person and he doesn't judge immediately. He judges like slightly, but it's not as harsh as someone who's doesn't, who's never seen a black person. And I think that's where, where, where there's always a disconnect where you, where one side doesn't understand where the other side's coming from. So, mm -hmm. and, and, and that it, it, if you think about it, it, you can get mad when someone says, I don't see color because like, you, you know, for a fact, they saw color, right? You know for a fact they saw me and, and I, I'm, I'm something different. And you may have to speak differently or you have to, in, in, as bad as it may sound, uh, white people have to walk on eggshells too when they talk to black people. They have to be careful what they say. So if you didn't yeah. see color, you True. wouldn't be thinking like, oh, I, I, I can't talk freely. You would, you would be saying black jokes that you say with your friends before. Like you would do stuff like that. And, and um, I think, it's, I think it, it all stems down from, from uh, a lack of, of the un, uh, a knowledge of the unknown. So people who, who aren't read it like around a lot of black people, uh, not, a, a, a lot, not around a lot of very urban black people, when they first meet them, they're nervous, they're scared, they don't know what to expect. And, and, and they're, since they're not around them all the time, they just see what they see on TV and they must be like that, right? And it's, it's vice versa for, for blacks and whites. When they see a white person, with a, they're just like, oh, oh God. And, and, it's always fear of the unknown. So I think when Brian, when you asked what you could do, you could, uh, while your social media following may not be that big, um, your outreach could be even bigger. You're in a store and you see like even a slightest injustice, somebody following a black person around the store and be like, hey, why does, does that warrant you to follow him? Or, or little things like that. Like, you know, ask those questions to people. Like, why, why is he getting treated different than me? And you'll see how far that goes. It may it may not seem much to you, but if I'm in a store and I know it happens all the time, like yeah. people, again, I dress like, I, I literally wear sweats everywhere, sweats in a hoodie. And I usually have my hood on 
people think I'm stealing all the time. I'm like, I don't, I don't need to steal. I make really good money. I don't need to steal anything. But like, I would appreciate it if like someone's like eyeballing me and someone stepped in and was like, why, what is he, why are you eyeballing him? But like, mm-hmm. Ryan, you're the front line because you bridged the gap. You, you've been around African-American people your whole life and, and you can step in and somebody will take your word more so than my word, if that makes any sense. So it's, I think those little things, like, like when someone calls, like the lady called the, the cops and, and threatened, because that's happened to me, threatened, uh, oh, uh, he's beating me up and stuff like that. That's happened to me several times. I, I, I used to work uh, at a bouncer in a nightclub. And I wouldn't let a girl in because she was too drunk. She literally called the cops on me and said I was sexually assaulting her. It happened, but no one said anything. Luckily for me, I worked at the nightclub. They ran the cameras back and all that, et cetera. But if, and there were other people there, if they would have stepped in and, and stayed and said, not nah, like this, not going down like that, stop talking. That's the little things. But, but he, I feel like there's a lot of people who are afraid to do that. They won't step in. They'll just see it and just say, all right, let me just walk the other way. All right, let me turn the other cheek or whatever. It's their problem. And I think until we get more people chipping in that way, like just, it's just little things here and there. And you'll see like after you were to help somebody out like that, when you guys are walking out of the store, you guys may spark up a new conversation. Now that's a new friend, right? And, and you may and not, you're not saying you're going to go best buds and you're going to go on vacation and everything, but like you, you obviously live in the same neighborhood. You may come across him again and, and you may need help with something. Your tires popped or something. He sees you like, Oh, that's the dude that helped me. Let me help him out real quick. And then now we're starting to, you see me all the time and you know, you know me, we, we have a, a rapport and now there's no fear. Now there's, there's nothing, anything that you need to ask, you know you can ask because you're not afraid of them now. You know how that person is. And I think those small interactions can go a long way if everybody's doing them. I, and I agree with you. I've, I've done that a couple of times with my buddy Devontae. Um, and I have an, another friend, Donald, and he dresses very, um, for, his, for his lack of term, he says that he likes to dress very urban and he always likes to wear his hat backwards, wear sweat, sweatpants, sweatshirts, baggy clothing, and people look at him like he is stealing stuff. And I feel like even when I was a teenager, I got looked at that way because sometimes I dress the way they did because they're, they're my friends. And it doesn't mean that it's a black way to dress or a white way to dress. It was just something I was comfortable with. But because I was a teenager and I was with two, two black guys, they looked at all of us differently and a few times I did have to say something like, why are you looking at us that way? If security guard at the Willow Grove Mall, I live in Horsham. Um, mm-hmm. But since we're all being honest here, when I was younger, I was actually scared of black boys because I lived in Philadelphia on Torresdale Ave and all my neighbors around me were black and I would constantly get things stolen from me and I would get picked on as you know the only white boy at the bar. So I got my bike stolen. I got different things stolen from me so growing up for me that it's uh it's great that I have two friends that are black that are my best friends because um when I was younger I was I was scared because I would always get picked on um and I was the only white boy there so I couldn't help them my dad couldn't afford anything he had to live where he had to live and it it wasn't a bad neighborhood at all it's just that park that we had went to there were some parents that let their kids treat other people whatever way they wanted to. And there was also a lot of nice kids there. So, um, you know, I think racism is on all sides, but it's definitely worse towards 
African-American, well, anyone, anyone of color, it's definitely worse towards. Um, because me being picked on for five years by those kids made me stronger and made me realize that I'm not going to be that way. And I'm not going to treat somebody else that way because they look different. So, you know, and when you're a kid, everyone picks on kids. I get that. Um, but I get called cracker and white boy and all this other bullshit. So, um, I, I have a new respect for that and I, I wouldn't do that to anybody else. And when I'm around my friends, you know, they always say you can use the N word and I would never use the N word because I don't think that's respectful to anybody. And coming to that question, I wanted to ask the three of you, do all three of you think it is okay to use that word between amongst yourselves? Or does that word offend you? Because I get into very different topics with people, whereas that word is sometimes acceptable. And I have some people that say, well, if it's used in the song, it is okay. And I feel that by anybody using it, it, it makes the word okay. And I don't think that word should be. So I, I'm curious on your opinions on, on that, just because I, you know, I know how my friend yeah. feels. So I personally don't have any objection to anyone using any word. I'm going to be completely honest. I could care less. It, for me, it's more context than anything. Like I know Chinese or I know, yeah, I know Chinese people that use Chinese racial slurs to each other. I know Spanish people that use Spanish racial slurs to each other. Like it, it's, it's just a word. Mm -hmm. It's what you mean behind the word. If you're out there using one of those words to start a fight, to disrespect somebody, that's where it becomes a problem. And I know a lot of people have issues with uh, white people using the N-word. A lot of people have issues with anybody using the N-word. Now, I just feel like we should, we need to get to a point as a society where it's like, if you're not coming at me with any sort of disrespect, if it's just like, you know, one love, then who cares? Like, if you mean absolutely no disrespect, then, you know, <laughs> whatever who cares like i'm gonna diss you you're gonna diss me we're gonna make fun of each other we may not use the best words but we're not trying to hurt each other we're not trying to degrade each other uh and that's my personal opinion i'm sure one of you guys disagree and i'm good with that but that's me me <laughs> um my position is and i've always been like this no one under any circumstances calls me that. I don't care what you look like. I don't care where you're from. I don't care the context. I'm not your nigga. I'm not your dog. I'm not any of that stuff. And then any of my friends who know me know that you don't refer to me like that because I'm not going to, I just feel like it just has such a, just, it just sounds disgusting. You know what I mean? I'm not, I, I think I'm, I think we're better than that. Um, and I can't justify one or two people who look like me calling me that and then get outraged that someone like Brian is um, saying it and be like, oh, because Brian's context could be very, um, could be very, you know, hey, I'm just using this as a slang. Hey, what's going on? Blah, blah, blah. But then if I'm going to be upset that Brian is saying it because he don't look like me, but it's okay for you to say it because you look like me and it's all in the same context. No, I don't want you calling me it. Nope. Leave it out of your vocabulary. You can call me Carlos. You can call me, you know, your dude. You can call me your bro, whatever the case is. That's fine. But don't call me that because I don't want you calling me your dog because I'm not your dog. I don't want you calling me a nigga because I'm not a nigga. 
I'm not your bitch. I'm not anything like that. So you're going to refer to me with respect. I think it's a respectful thing. And that's it. Uh, I guess I split the difference. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> in the sense of, I know a lot of people who grew up with me, um, they, we like, we kind of don't care, but if we, if, if, if I'm not going to say the context, but if we wanted to fight you, it would be like a use case in a mm -hmm. sense, like, because we know, we know, like, say, uh, as bad as it sounds, like everybody is kids you fight and stuff like that. But uh, we know that that white people look for that to harm us. Yeah. Me personally, it doesn't harm. I actually think it's hilarious when they say it to try to get a rise. But it would be an excuse yeah. for me to uh, to beat you up at that point so I can act mad that you said it if I already wanted to fight you and then you said it and then it's bam, like now we have a reason to in mm -hmm. a sense. But uh, yeah, again, it doesn't it doesn't hold any weight to me. I, I don't care either way. It doesn't bother me at all unless we have an already pre-existing issue and then I'm going to press you on it. Probably <laughs> use it to press you. I'm going to be 100% honest with you. And, um, yeah, because it, it doesn't hold weight. And, and you see, they, they laugh too because they, they honestly think it's funny. Like when a white person does, like, a, like when my sister, uh, this is, I love this story. My sister pulled into a parking spot and a guy thought it was his or whatever. So he gets, he starts screaming at my sister and I'm walking down the street. She doesn't, he doesn't know like we're, we're together and uh, she's out the car and he's like screaming and I come up and I'm like, is there an issue? And he got scared because like, I'm a bigger guy. And I'm like, and, and I'm like, that's my sister. So he jumps in his car really quick and screams, nigga, at the top of his lungs. And I'm like cracking up and he couldn't get, he got more mad because I'm like laughing at him at this point. So like, yeah, it doesn't really hold any weight. It's just like, an excuse and I do agree with like I can see both sides like I agree with Carlos 100% mm -hmm. because it, it was used as a demeaning word for so long that like it, it should draw a rise out of people it, it should it should be an issue for, for most people but mm -hmm. then again I also see the other side it's just a word and, it, and, and anytime you give power to a word or, or, and allow somebody to get to your feelings through one word you're giving them complete control over you so I kind of separate the two I, I try not to allow anybody have power over me so like if i want to fight you i want to fight you because i want to <laughs> not because right. you gave me a reason and it's it so uh, yeah that, right. that's that's my take on it i agree i agree with you 100 percent on that um it i mean at the end of the day it is just a word and i know that you know words do matter and i know mm -hmm. uh, that it shouldn't bother you you know you shouldn't let people uh, get a rise out of you and try to provoke you to do stuff and in a sense i do the same thing like when you know when i have been called that word uh, I kind of laugh it off because it's just like, really, you've been using the same word for 200 years. Can you come up with something new? You know, like <laughs> I kind of just do stuff like that. Cause like that, that particularly doesn't bother me because a word is not going to define me, you know, but it does for me, I feel like it does have just a negative connotation. And I just try to steer away from that because I, you know, I don't want to then get into the picking and choosing what, 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 who, who can say what and, how it, how it affects me because I, I just think that then you lose a little credibility You say, oh, so you could say it because you're black, but Brian can't say it because he's white. And I'm just like, no, 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 no one should be saying it. Yeah, you know? That's fair. Yeah. Which but I get what you want you to, to, to recognize that because some people don't, don't care. It's just a one star or the other. And it's like over, I don't know how many years they, they, you know, instead of saying the full word, they add an A onto it. And that is supposed to mean as a friend. 
and I have two white girls that I follow on Instagram, they post it all the time. Like, Hey, looking for him, looking for this. And they use it all the time. And to me being that my best friend, it bothers him. So it bothers me seeing them post it and use it when I don't feel like they have the right to say it. And mm -hmm. I feel like even though it's not directed at someone, it's still disrespectful in, in my opinion. Um, but like you said, it is just a word. And I mean, like I think Chris said earlier, there is no point in time where no one has made fun of or said something wrong about another race, whether it's Mexican, Chinese, white. Like he said, we all have these images in our mind that when we see someone, yes, we see color and we see them, but some people are better at judging people than others. And being I grew up with my buddy Devante, I don't judge people as much as I feel some of the other friends I went to school with who were just horrible. I feel like they judge people right off the bat. Um, but, you know, growing up, I have, I mean, I have two friends from Israel. Um, I have two friends from Russia and um, two African-American friends, five different white friends are all my best friends. So it's nice having a diversity of seeing what each culture is and how they all respond differently to when people say bad things about them. Um, but I, I mean, I, I agree with you in the sense of that. I mean, everyone always has a depiction of somebody else, no, no matter what, like it's just programmed in their mind. So, but if you weren't raised that way, hopefully, you know, you're not as judgmental as the other people are. I would hope. So with your friend, Carlos, the uh, woman who said she doesn't see color, mm -hmm. I, I don't think that's what she meant because most people aren't, you're not raised to see color, right? Of course you see it, you notice it, of course. So my wife, she was beautiful, whatever. You, everyone judges. Mm -hmm. Let's not say some people judge more than others. No, everybody does it. If you see a girl, if you're attracted to big butts, you see a girl with the big butt, boom. May not be a bad judgment, but a judgment's a judgment. <laughs> so I, I think that, I like, I understand what she was trying to say. I just think she used the wrong terms. Oh, yeah, I mean, so I, I would understand. I think why she used the right terms. I just, upset. I think it's just a high, people are on edge more so now. I think, I think that's what it is. She didn't use the wrong terms and she's not wrong. Like if she doesn't, she doesn't think she sees color and she doesn't think she sees color. Like you can't. I mean, I know, I know the context of what she was saying. I mean, I think we're, I think, and again, that's when people have to kind of choose their words a little bit carefully. I think, because I've known her for years, and I think where she comes from is that I'm not looking at people in a sense where I already have like some sort of pre-notion in my mind about who you are as a person based off of your color. Because she, she also has an eclectic group of people like Brian too. Not saying that because you have an eclectic group of people doesn't mean that you don't have your biases. But what I'm saying is, is that she, I think she was trying to highlight the fact that she wasn't raised on judging people based off of that. And, and that's not how she is. But yeah, I, do, I agree. I think everyone is on edge. I think, you know, when you see what, how this woman in Central Park, rightfully so, uh, pretty much screwed up her life forever. And she was held accountable swiftly. And her life is over. I mean, she's not going to recover from this. Um, that needed to happen. You know, but that doesn't mean that because, and, and again, you had these issues. That doesn't mean that because this one woman or there are people out here who do those things that it means that you have to, you know, like you have to be on edge in a sense that if you say the wrong thing, you, you know, 
God forbid, we're all human. We all make mistakes. It's what your intentions are. I think some people have really good intentions, and I think some people have very evil ones. I think it also starts in the household. I wasn't, you know, raised in a certain way. I was raised to be respectful. I was always raised to respect uh, respect women. I you know, grew up with women. I was a single parent. Um, I was always, you know, doing the right thing. Does that mean that I always done the right thing? No. Does that always mean that I was as respectful to women as I should have been? No. But does that mean that that's in my nature of being a, you know, woman shame or, or hating women or doing whatever? No. We have those moments, and I think that we have to recognize that. And you know, that's what I try to get across to my friends. You got to relax, and you know, you're the only person who knows what's in your heart. You don't have to explain to me or justify anything you're saying. If you're a racist, you're going to be a racist. It doesn't matter what you say. Um, but if you're a decent person who just trying to highlight certain things, I think you've got to use your words a little bit better because, again, people in our community are very upset, and rightfully so. And, you know, we are on edge because when's the next situation going to happen, you know? I was on Twitter a few minutes ago. Okay. And and there was I don't remember where it was, but it was a place where there was no tear gas thrown. It's been pretty pretty peaceful all day, but there was a cop who came in on a horse and intentionally like ran over a girl. Oh <laughs> right, and it's blowing up. Blah blah blah. You know the same people who are commenting about the riots are seeing this, and I, I saw like one like something. And they just liked it, or they, they, yeah, they liked it, and then they moved on. There's no disgust, there's nothing. So how can we take people serious who really don't give a shit about people? They don't care enough about someone being trampled by a horse, but they care about a building that has insurance. When COVID is over, or even before, a lot of these buildings, they're going to be rebuilt. You know, the, their insurance companies, they're going to pay for everything. Everyone's going to get their jobs back. Um, and if you file for unemployment, you make more money on unemployment than most jobs right now anyway. Mm-hmm. So I, I just... That's why I'm about to quit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to fire you. Then you can collect. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no. but, but, um, hold on real, real quick. But I, I'm trying to figure out how could... I take someone who's complaining about things burning down. Like they care so much more about material things than they do about human life. How can we take them serious in any regard? That's what I was saying. I, I don't, but I don't know if, if you can always dry cut it as one or the other. Um, so someone can sit there and say, I care about human life, but I also care about my community and the material the materialistic things in the community so whereas Mm -hmm. you're right some people are definitely picking one over the other which i don't think should be done i think there's a line where you can say hey i i'm totally against this but i'm also not in favor of this and these are the reasons why um especially when it's in your community it hurts i mean i know my buddy was saying that the school he went to down in philly is right now there was graffiti all over and getting burned and stuff. And he said it is replaceable. But he said it's hard for him because he went to that school. Um, so he said it's tough to see something that you put effort into and your proud of achievement get destroyed when that school had nothing um, involved in the issues that are that are happening. 
Um, I also wanted to say from um, what I think something Chris said earlier about the stores, what did he say earlier? Oh, about, about the people in the stores and such like that is, or maybe it was Carlos, I don't remember, but I feel like it's gonna hurt them in the long run, like they were saying, how, yes, it is replaceable, but these people that don't have jobs and aren't gonna get the unemployment for a while, I worry about them because there's black people, Mexican people, white people, all, all sorts of people working in these stores. And I just feel like it's gonna hurt the family. And I feel like if, let's say the four of us, were all working at a bank that got broken into and everything was destroyed and we were out of work for two months, I think it would affect us differently because we're actually working at that establishment. Um, so I, I think it hits more home when it's a place that you are working at or you know someone there or if they're working there at the time of the looting and someone you know gets hurt. I think that's that's the more difficult thing is the unknown. You don't know. That's true. I, um, Hold on, real quick, real quick. Um, Hold on. So just like I, I agree with what you said, but at the same time, I don't know if you guys have looked. Indeed has thousands of openings. You know, well, LinkedIn yeah. has thousands no, I, of openings. What, Chris? Well, I wanted to say something. So if, if you right. feel that way, right, you're worried about them. I read an article not too long ago that said Target, um, they actually raised people's pay, but they slashed their, their hours by a lot. So they're not making anywhere near than what they were making. And they're actually doubled their workload. So do you still care that Target was being trashed? Um, I'm, I'm not necessarily picking out one in general, because I know you had said like AutoZone and Target were big corporations. I'm just saying as a general thing, um, I, I don't know. It's tough because like you said, I don't really care about the big corporations. Like you said, we all know they make more money. I mean, our system is fucked up from the pay scale of how much an apartment costs for a single bedroom and the amount of money that people are making for their jobs. Like the whole system is messed up on all fronts as far as judges, law enforcement, criminal justice system, I think everything needs to be reformed. I mean, college tuition, everything. So I think that, um, I don't think it's necessarily the big corporations that I'm worried about at the top. They'll make it fine. I'm worried about the smaller people that are working at these banks, clothing stores, targets, auto zones, churches, anything that is destroyed that have to now pay people to clean up, to rebuild, to restock. And I Feel like it's gonna come out of the city's pockets. Like everyone that lives there, your taxes are probably gonna go up because they're gonna get money out of that. They always find a way to screw us, either lower class or middle class people. No matter what, the government, if they can take money from us to fix other things, that's what they do. And that's my fear: is that the the people that are at the bottom are gonna get hurt the most from this because they're gonna end up paying for it anyway. Because that's just that's just what our government does. They don't they don't give a shit. Um, that that's just how I feel anyway. Is that they don't. But that's that's fair. I think um, I I I'm kind of like a little torn between this, and I, I get what everyone is saying. Um, I just think that again, it. I think people have to be consistent with the outrage, right? So if I'm upset that this rioting is going on, 
and that, you know, it's going to cause damage. And yeah, we can replace things. We can replace our house. We can do whatever. Um, if you're going to, if you're going to stay loud about something, be consistent with your outrage. You know, I don't think people should be picking and choosing what they feel is important. Again, as we know, it's easy for people like us to say, oh, well, it's not that big of a deal because, you know, they have insurances and stuff like that. But then when I feel I'm not judging and I'm not criticizing, but my feedback would be if we're if we're going to have that mentality, we can't also be upset with other people. I mean, we can, but I don't think it would be reasonable when other people don't see certain things as a big deal. Oh, there's probably some sick people out here right now that's saying, what's the big deal about this man dying, right? Because that's not their friend, that's not their relative. It doesn't affect them in any way. So, but his family's probably, I mean, definitely still grieving and that's important to them. You know, so I think that, and again, I agree with Brian, like, I know people who, you know, even don't work for corporations, right? And at the end of the day, people at the top, as we all know, um, they make their monies off the back of people like us. And, you know, like my friend, Jessica, my friend Jessica, for instance, just as an example, she's been working at this place um, as a dental hygienist for 10 years, okay? When COVID happened, they started cutting people's hours like we all talked about, whatever cases. But then, because her boss got greedy, he collected a check from the government for one point something million. Still told everyone pretty much, even the people who dedicated and this is their livelihood, everyone's going to have to take a pay cut. And if you don't like it, find another job. You know? Now, for me, I'm like, it's easy for me to say, eh, it's not that big of a deal. You, you'll, get, you'll get a job anywhere. You can, you know, you said that there's a lot of jobs indeed, but what about the job that I, that's convenient for me, that's conducive to my lifestyle? Um, am I going to take the risk of hoping that I can get another job? And when's, who's to say when we're going to be able to open things back up? Because I'm pretty sure with everyone not social distancing, I think we all forget that there's a pandemic still going on. So we'll right. probably see a spike. Um, there's not going to be any time soon people are going to be open up. There's still people who have not received their unemployment paycheck. There's still people who haven't received the stimulus check and they got mouths to feed. And I feel like these things can delay them getting back to where they need to go. If the cops have to deal with, you know, people doing what they're doing, fire departments getting pulled away. I mean, it's, I look at the news and I don't even believe this is America right now. I mean, we've seen the riots and stuff like in China. And if I didn't know this was America, I'd be like, holy crap, what kind of, where, where, what country is this? Because I don't even see this as being American. But I understand the outrage. I understand that people are fed up. And I do agree that you have to get a message across somehow, some way. But at what cost? And even if it's not um, at a cost to us, I still think it comes at a cost. And there's un, you know, some unintentional consequences that can come as a result of this. I really do, I really do believe that. Um, I think, I think to, to kind of rebuttal would be um, a kind of like a, a so what and not in like a negative way. It would be more like that means everyone's starting where we start. So it's time to even the playing fields. So if everyone's poor, then technically no one's poor. And we all have to start from scratch to build back up. 
So it's, can you get back to where you were starting from scratch? So, which that's, that's just like an open-minded rebuttal that I, I would come back to, to, to say to that. So like, like we're, we're always complaining that we don't have a, like this, everyone else has a leg up in some which way. So if we start from scratch, there would be no more complaints on that. And also, I mean, we can get mad that people are writing and, you know, burning down corporate buildings and mom and pop shops and all that. But there's still people who lost their jobs. There's still people who are struggling. There's still people who are, have, they have to figure out what they were going to do, even if this riot didn't happen. So, yeah, we can get mad at the 15 people, the 20 people who may have to look for a new job or figure out how they're going to feed their families. But what, what about the tens or hundreds of thousands of people that are already going through that? Yeah, they know like, how we're to navigate outraged it. Because what... people are burning down a couple stores right now. Okay. But, and I'm not downplaying it at all. No. I, 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 you know, I'm not downplaying it. I'm sorry if I sound like I am. But there's already people who are struggling to get a new job, who who were let go, who were probably, um, you know, two years from retirement, and now they're not getting their full pension or whatever the case is. There are a lot of thousands of stories. So to get so mad that rioters are doing this, I feel like it is like a so what to some degree, because America is struggling right now. Granted, we don't need to make everybody struggle, but you're going to get mad that some people are making a few other people struggle. Well, other people are struggling too. We can all here be struggling to some regard. Like I'm stuck here with my wife all day. God damn, that's a struggle. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so you, you know what ready, I'm like, brother? Yeah, no, she's awesome. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> it's it. Everybody is struggling in some way. Now, once again, I'm not saying let's go out of our way to make people struggle, but to get so mad about it is, it's like, you're completely missing the point, I feel like. Because once again, a lot of people already lost their jobs. A lot of people are looking for jobs. Unemployment, you're getting unemployment now faster than, I'm sure it's delayed or whatever, but according to statistics, you're getting unemployment faster than normal. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, it's a minimal, it's really a minimal amount of damage that's been done. Well, they burned down the a building. So. <laughs> they burned down a building. So I don't know how accurate that define, is. Define little. <laughs> <laughs> that fire don't look little. <laughs> right. And I know, and I'm, I'm aware, you know, police cars are on, they're catching fire and, and all of this stuff. But I feel like, like, people are get, just getting mad at the wrong thing. Like, let's get mad at the fact that people feel like they have to do this anyway. Let's get mad at the fact that people feel like they have no choice. Let's get mad at the fact that people are just tired of being scared and intimidated. And, you know, like, like Chris said, the people stormed the Capitol. Uh, white people, just people, whatever you want to call them, they, stormed, they hang out there with, they were, they were there with machine guns. Assault rifles, and I'm, yeah, assault rifles. They're they're chilling. Nothing happened to them because they want to go outside. That that's why that's why they're throwing a fit because they want to go outside because they want to not have to wear a mask. That's it. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to downplay that, but I'm someone dying be at the hands of somebody else. 
in my opinion, outweighs me not wanting to go outside. I mean, me wanting to go outside and wear a mask. I'm going to be yeah. completely honest. That's my opinion. Um, someone else's life is way more important than me just wanting to go outside and, and not wear a mask. Like, no, okay, so you, you have to wear a mask. You'll be fine. So now, you know, there was no uproar for that. Okay, they didn't particularly destroy anything, but that's way more intimidating than people of all races getting really pissed off and frustrated and and breaking things. And I don't know if you, I don't know which narrative you guys have been following. I've been following a lot of what people are saying and not the media. There's a lot of people protecting police officers. There are a lot right. of people telling people, no, not this store. This, you know, these people on this store move to the next store. Mm. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of community going on right now. But in the other one, there was no community. It was like their way or no way. And I, you know, it, it's, it's just, which narrative are you going to get mad about? America isn't going to see it that way. That's the problem, though. America's going to compare those white people standing there in silence compared to... Well, they weren't silent. They were screaming. <laughs> That's true. And my rebuttal to you again is, what about Kaepernick? He protested right. in dead silence. Complete silence. All my men did was take a knee. Mm-hmm. Well, the Kaepernick thing, the Kaepernick thing was very simple. Um, he was affecting an organization's bottom line. And he also made people uncomfortable. And as a result of that, he was blackballed from the NFL because he was taking a position that, look, enough of this. Now, do I think that, you know, it was the platform to do it? Yes, maybe. No, maybe. Who knows? You know, when is it ever a good time to, to protest, right? Um, but he was affecting rich billionaires, bottom line, and they were like, oh, hell no. If you're going to be affecting how I'm going to make money, I'm going to affect how you make money. And he didn't do anything illegal. You know, he made people uncomfortable mm-hmm. and as a result caused the wave of even more uh, frustration because... People, you know, like I was hearing, oh, we just want to watch football. You know, I, I, I come here to escape reality and da-da-da-da-da. But guess what? People are still watching football. People were still filling the stadiums. So it wasn't that necessarily a bottom line thing 100%. I think it was at the end of the day, he made people uncomfortable. And, you know, unfortunately, addressing these issues like that, and, I, and, I, and, I, and when, you put, when you actually mention that, it makes me understand a little bit more why people – are doing what they're doing, um, now that you guys mention it, because yeah, Colin Kaepernick could take a knee and have his livelihood messed up because he made people uncomfortable and he did, he did it in a peaceful manner. Yeah, I can understand people say, well, screw it. Why would we want to be peaceful then when we get punished? So we don't get punished one way or another, might as well cause chaos. Maybe affect other people's bottom line, maybe affect other people's livelihood since ours is always turned upside down. You know, and I am upset that you know, this man's life is, uh, you know, still gets me choked up, but that his life is no longer. And that, yeah, I think, again, the people who are inconsistent with their, with the outrage, you know, and no one wants to talk about the issues the way we're doing, but um, do I still think that it would be something I would want to do? No, but I, I understand, I'm understanding as we're talking a little bit more why people are doing it. 
And yeah, I am more outraged about a man is dead. A man is dead because some officer had it out for him to kill him. And I do get concerned about other decent police officers because I, like I said, I have friends that are policing right now. Mm-hmm. They're probably and gonna to- get caught up in this mayhem. And they're good, they're good people, you know, really good people who do a great job, both men and women. But angry individuals are gonna look at it as, you're a cop, you're out to try to kill me, and I don't value your life because you as a police force doesn't value ours. And that scares me that I would get a phone call one day hearing so-and-so didn't make it home because he got trampled or he was shot because he was wearing a badge, actually trying to do good work because the action of many of these, you know, a handful of police officers are doing a bad job. But then I think that opens the argument, people need to be held accountable. You gotta hold people accountable. And it's not only just people at the top, it's also gotta be your colleagues. If the four of us are police officers, and one of y'all doing something bad that could potentially ruin the image of police officers, yo, you better believe I'm gonna hold you accountable. But people don't do that. They look out for their own and they hope things get swept under the rug. And here we are. We have chaos. I think with the the football thing is you're right on the money with why they did that. But I think I, I saw a lot of people had a problem with this. He didn't do it in his personal life at all. He only did it during the sport, which he gets paid to do. So, which I'm not saying it's right that they fired him from it. But in their eyes, they're saying, you know, like if I go to my job, if I went to Grundy and Jamal, your aunt runs the show. So um, if I was to not agree with something that Grundy did, whether it was for social injustice or whatever the case may be, some right or wrong thing another employee did, I would be terminated for it. So I think their biggest issue is we're paying you to play football, not do politics well this wasn't politics obviously it was racial you know based mm-hmm. on his race and the way he felt but i think the issue was he never did it on his personal time and went out and tried to get people together or a conversation started he only did it on the field and i think that was the issue if he maybe would have went both routes with it maybe it would have been better i don't know i mean i think he has a right to his freedom of speech if he wants to kneel i mean that that's his choice to do so Um, I'll push back back just a little bit real quick. I'm sorry. Um, I don't think that anyone should dictate how people protest and where to protest. And in fact, I think when you have that platform and you're using your celebrity to promote awareness to, to a systemic problem that's been going on in this country for 200 years, I don't think it's a bad thing that you know, I don't think anyone should say, oh, well, you should protest. I agree with you protesting. And I'm not like, I'm not bashing you. I'm just saying, right, right. because I've heard this before, that you should protest, but this is how you should protest. You know, that's not the point of protest. It's to make people feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And what better pa- platform is it than to do it on the NFL? Everybody watches the NFL. People watch the NFL more than they would watch like politics. I mean, it's huge. It's a, and not only being at the games, people watching at home, people watching, yeah. you know, whatever. So he made people uncomfortable, and that's what people were really upset about. I'm not saying everyone, but that's really the narrative that people don't want to talk about, is that they were uncomfortable, and it bothered them. 
And I feel that sometimes, not you specifically, people use this excuse about where he did it, how he did it, what time he did it, um, as a scapegoat to addressing a real big issue that people are uncomfortable about it. And the same people are comfortable about talking about it are not doing enough, are not doing anything about it. And again, it's because a lot of those people that were highly critical of him, cause, you know, making the threats and all this other jazz, burning his jersey in the middle of wherever, it's because it doesn't matter to them in a, in a sense, it doesn't affect them. So therefore, why do I need to listen and see this? And I think that's the mentality for a lot of people. I, I've had to push back on a few of my friends about that because I said, even though I don't think that the kneeling went enough, I think it was a start. And even though I may not have agreed with the fact that I think that when you are at work or when you are doing what you're doing, that there's a time and place for everything. But I also don't think it's um, my responsibility to make that choice. I may not protest at my job, but that doesn't mean that if someone else is doing it because something really bothers them that much, that they need to make their voice known. I'm not going to sit there and say, you can't do it because you're not, do you're not doing it on your own time. He was still doing his job. Right. And by the way, I don't, I want any, I want anyone to disagree with me. I think he, out of the 32 teams in the NFL, not one team believed or went, went far enough to think that he's good enough to even be a backup quarterback. I can think of, I can think of half the teams where he was a better quarterback than them, but he's it's still without a job. It's more than half. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Brian, he actually did protest off the field. His oh, social yeah, media yeah. was blown. Yeah, it was. I don't know honest, if he I was really watch football, but right. I'm, I'm more of like baseball. But I never really followed him, and I didn't want to follow the social media narrative, the media narrative. But mm -hmm. I know his social media. He was posting, and he was doing interviews, and he was he was out. It wasn't just on the field. Because that's what that's what it needs is those celebrities uh, and players to start this movement and get people together they have that celebrity platform to call mm -hmm. you know do a press conference and say i want everyone to meet here and let's have a discussion about this and i don't know if they all do that to their power as much as they know that they have sometimes because their time That's is valuable true. which mm -hmm. which makes sense there there but there's plenty of people in hollywood as far as actors singers that could get something started and they sit there and they tweet about it and they post about it. But, you know, like Jamie Foxx flew into uh, Minneapolis yesterday. You know, he didn't have to do that. But he did it because he, he felt it was important to him. So if more of them did that, I think that would definitely help in the long yeah. run. Chris, what are you saying? Hey, Chris. What do you think, Chris? Uh, for, oh, for Kaepernick. Um, I just didn't think he – I don't think people have an argument being that the, the whole national anthem thing was a, a paid advertisement in the first place. So that goes against patriotism in the first place. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's a good point, actually. So like uh, at that point, what are you arguing for? Because you're like contradicting yourself in that argument right away. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of why I don't even entertain that argument too much. True. And to go off of your point, Brian, if you were to go to work uh, when it opens up and you were to take a knee, during a meeting, I, you're not going to get fired. 
they're not going to fire you for 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 no physical violence. All you did was take a knee. They're not going to fire you. Well, plus, they'll think you're you, weird. If you've, if you've if you've been to an NFL game, number one, they didn't have to put the cameras on them, so half of America did not have to see them. Right. Number two, if you've been to a football game when they do the national anthem, like some people stand, some people are sitting on the bench. It's just like you mm-hmm. can't really tell. Like no one's paying attention to the players. Most of the people are looking up at the flag until it's over. <laughs> They yeah. wanted it to be an issue. Yeah. That was it. That was it. Yeah. Like me, I don't agree that it was a problem. Like, I don't think it was a problem. I'm just going off of what I saw, the reason people think that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it was a problem because I think he should be able to do that. But when you have the president of the United States saying, get him off the freaking field, if you disrespect our flag, you deserve to be benched or fired. You know, he was very um, straight in that matter. This is my stance. I'm the president. I feel that this should be done. And shortly after, he got fired. So I feel like when you have a president being like that, when he is, should have no control over NFL games, I think that is a huge, huge problem. So, And I, and I challenged a lot of people, too, who are – I mean, and I, I understood what was going on, and I think my frustration at the end of the day where they came to that specific issue was it, it just didn't go far enough. But my whole thing is this. I said to people, I'm like, all right. You're upset that he's taking a knee. When you're at home and you're watching TV and the national anthem comes up, are you standing and hand, up. You hand over your art? Exactly. Yeah. I'm tr- I'm Just for the record, I actually do that. That's how I was raised. But the average no, person – that no, I, I believe you. I, the average person isn't doing it. They're grabbing a beer and grabbing some chips and stuff and waiting <laughs> for the game. So much so how important um, the national anthem was that they, would stop, they stopped showing it before NFL games. They just went straight to the game. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when people are outraged in that regard, it's because there's a bigger issue that is making them uncomfortable as opposed to the, the actual kneeling, you know? That's a great point. <laughs> do you guys think, point. I have a question for you guys. Do you, How much of an influence do you think the media has in all of this? When we talk about racial issues, when we talk about whatever, what what do you think they're doing? Are they doing a good job? Can they do better? Do they stroke some of these issues that are going on in the communities? Like how big of a role do you think they play and what more should they be doing? So I think everything the media does is false. I don't think the media will ever show a 100% true narrative. Even if you record a full story with any broadcast, they're not going to give you the full story. They're going to give you the bits and pieces that they that their community want to see, and that's well, it. Yo, data science, data science, data science. That's all you do. You take a portion of the data that you want people to see, right? And you show them that portion. You don't show the whole story, and that's all they're doing. I mean, right now I'm watching. Channel 10, and they're showing people going into these candle stores and clothes with trash cans, stealing all this stuff. And I think the media shows all the bad stuff. And mm-hmm. I think they're, I, I think they're wrong and they control everything. I think social media and media in general is the best thing and the worst thing you can have because it's a good thing to be connected and be involved. But at the same time, I mean, watching this right now, angers me just as it angered me seeing that video of George Floyd, which I didn't even watch the whole thing because just hearing someone like imagining myself laying there calling out for my mom because I can't breathe. Um, and I have asthma. So 
I know for a fact, if he was on my neck, I wouldn't be able to breathe indefinitely. So seeing someone else going through that, knowing how hard it can be to breathe in certain areas, I couldn't even imagine that being a thing and no citizen or no other officer stepped in or tried to do stuff. I mean, the, the amount of, the amount of fights and social injustice and justice that goes on and everyone's so quick to pull out a camera and record nowadays then step in that was the point i wanted to make to chris's comment earlier is um no one wants to step into everything and anything anymore because you honk the horn at the wrong person you could get shot or you could get beat up it doesn't matter what color of the skin you are or they are um everyone is just so angered that you're saying the wrong thing to someone you could you could die from, from doing it, which is crazy. Um, you know, my cousin's boyfriend got murdered last year in Philly, walking down the street, made a joke to another baseball player about his hat and said, Oh, rough game. They really uh, suck tonight. Ha ha. Like joking. And the other guy pulled out a knife and stabbed me. Um, so, you know, being involved or saying stuff to people, um, the media twists things around, which I think is a big issue. Um, and I think that, you know, <laughs> you got to tread delightfully how you talk to people. And uh, my grandparents would always tell me they'd walk down the street. They knew all their neighbors. They said hi to everyone. Now you got to be careful who you say hi to. You could be having a bad day. Um, and a lot of people walk around with the phones in their hand and their earphones and they're lost from the world. I mean, they're not paying attention to what's going on. So I think the media contributes very badly to that, honestly. The other thing I'll say about that, and I agree with you, is um, I think that because of the fact that we live in an era where we actually can get these things recorded, because again, times before the social media um, life, the smartphones, there was no documentation or no evidence that these things were going on, even though we all knew they were happening. It ends up being a he said, she said. So I think that people try to capture that on TV because they know that if they don't, there's not going to be any chance of accountability. And I think the other thing too, because I often thought about that as well, in certain circumstances, yes, I think that people should put down their phone and do something. But then again, what do you do as an average citizen, right? Going up against cops. And so, you know, I said to myself, if I was in that situation, would I jump on the cop? Would I do other things? I mean, I don't know. I, I really don't know. And I, I would be curious to know what the consequence would be. Am I going to go to jail for whatever? Am I going to be in that position? You know, you so I think, I think that it's hard, like, it's hard to know what to do because there's no clear direction. But what frustrates me is that when you have other people who can step in like the other cops and they didn't, that pisses me off. That bothers me. And they all should be held accountable, in my opinion. Very valid point. Yeah, I, I agree. I think um, I I don't think the me I think the media is good for like main topics of what's mm -hmm. going on, but no detail. Um, if you're gonna follow the media, you have to follow it. Uh, you have to be objective. If you're going to follow what the news is saying, and this is God, uh, then you're not helping anybody, including yourself, because there's always multiple sides to a story. Um, and the media 
it's, it's all views. Whatever is going to get the best views, that's what they're going to show. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever is going to get the most people riled up, whatever is going to get the most people to go buy this product, whatever is going to get the most people to pay attention, that's what they're going to show. So, like, you know, people riding right now, it's huge, but there, I, I, I don't know the numbers, so I can't say for sure, but I'm sure there are just as many people peaceful protesting than the, that are rioting. I'm sure the numbers are pretty comparable. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if it's not, how many pictures or video on the news did you see today of people doing peaceful protest? Because I didn't see any. I had to look for it. Apparently uh, it started peaceful apparently and then around three o'clock is when it turned violent from what i was watching is that yeah, the, the cops started shooting rubber bullets and stuff yeah. right yeah it started yeah you but know. that that's it's not everywhere you know it's, right. it's certain places in in new york they didn't care they were like f it and and even in jersey i don't know the the protest started at one mm-hmm. but i haven't heard anything about it because i'm assuming they're not throwing a fit i've heard nothing um, this is Philly. I heard more about Philly, and Philly started at three, and they started burning things down immediately. <laughs> so it's like you're hearing, you're only hearing about the negativity that's going on. You're not hearing about the, you know, the guy, the the police officer who was separated from his his people, and black people stopped other people, white and black people. Black people stopped people of all races from attacking this one police officer who was white. You know, you're not hearing any of these stories. Say that again. I saw it on Facebook too. Right. So you're not, you're not, they're not sharing that. So the media is not helping. Like everyone's getting mad that things are getting destroyed and the media is just feeding fuel to that fire. That's all they're doing. I, I think I always say this no news is good news unless it's bad news. And, you know, I feel that you're right. Like they do things for ratings, they do things that's going to get the attention. Um, I'd be interesting to know how the media could utilize their platform to kind of highlight a lot of the good stuff that people are doing, you know, both citizens and cops. You know, you never hear anything good in the news cycle about cops doing good stuff. You know, it's always like breaking news, cops are doing this, cops are doing that. And I think that also propels a narrative that all cops are bad, you know, Um, and it's it's just, I don't know, it's a crazy time we're living in right now. It's just, it's sad, but I hope things get better, you know? I hope talking about stuff like this kind of helps motivate people more to really think about what goes on on a daily basis and think about what they're gonna do. And I, I, hope, I hope this is a start, you know? Well, and look how the media always portrays it. It says, white cop kills black person or black person murders white female. Like it's always, they always have to profile it to get more people to view it by saying that. And instead of having saying, you know, a 37 year old person murdered a 42 year old person, it's a white person killed a black person, a black person killed a white person. They have to always put that into the fire, which I think isn't helpful either. Thank you for listening to Social Justice, the New American Revolution. Make sure you tune in tomorrow for the latest episode. And if you want to be heard, email us at the Podcast at gmail.com.